Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. It's that official time. When we take this worldwide. So now it's time to turn it up Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up We all up in your area like landscape Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes It's the mandate that you tune in It's time to move out so we can move in And recognize that this is no illusion I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion It all started off in the book of Genesis When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was his nemesis And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him He touched his hip but he really couldn't devoured him and from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change brains. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Turn it up, Listening to the Pancakes and Power Slam show by Crave Wrestling on Blog Talk Radio. Be sure to follow Crave Wrestling on Twitter at Crave Wrestling and join the Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. Episode 257, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Pancakes and Power Slam show. Once again, I am Chris Featherstone. As always, follow us. On Twitter at Crave Wrestling, Facebook fan page Crave Wrestling. The weekly interview today, uh, tonight is going to be really fun. I'm excited about this person coming on the show tonight. He has a very, very busy schedule on the road to WrestleMania. Everybody loves to be involved and, and do certain events because everybody knows that the wrestling community is always big and bigger and just really, really awesome during this time. Very excited to invite Coined, the most, the, the world's most dangerous announcer, ladies and gentlemen, five decades in the business. We were talking about this off air. Five decades in the business. I present to you, Gary Michael Capetta. How are you tonight, sir? I was fine. I was Five decades now. And by the way, we don't have pancakes unless we have butterwork. There you go. You gotta get the, gotta get the premium syrup, otherwise, don't even eat your pancakes. Ah, nice. Yeah, and, and there's a big difference too in the taste. 
as opposed to just like store brand or something like that. I agree with you. Syrup is a really big part of pancakes. Yeah, because I'm a real cheap guy, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to my Mrs. Butterworth, I don't care what she costs. I just, you know, like take her off that shelf and bring her home. And <laughs> she has a, a special place in my cabinet. Nice. Like, like, a, like a fine trophy. Awesome stuff. <laughs> so, Gary, you got a really, really, really big uh, few weeks uh, from, from here and all the way into WrestleMania and beyond. All this experience in the business, and you still have a passion to continue to share uh, your God-given gift. So let the listeners know what you have in store for the next few weeks. Well, amazingly enough, um, I have three of my stage shows under my belt already. Mm-hmm. It's called Beyond Body Slams. Um, it's a stage show. I wanted to create something that would be an alternate entertainment for wrestling fans where we can get together we can celebrate being wrestling fans. I tell a lot of stories that are in my book, Body Slams, and I go beyond. And through my storytelling, and I have props on stage, and giant screen video, uh, rare footage that uh, people have, have never seen before. Mm-hmm. For instance, uh, one of my greatest hits. You know, like if I was a, a rock and roll band, I'd have my greatest hits. Mm-hmm. Well, people always ask for certain stories. And one of the stories is the Mike McFoley lost his ear in Munich, Germany. And that was a non-televised event. But there was a, a fan in the audience who had snuck in a camcorder. So we'll take a look exactly how McFoley lost his gear, the referee picking it up off the mat, um, bringing it over to me. And then I'll tell everybody about what happened when I got backstage with Nick's gear, uh, when I ran into Ric Flair and Sting. I needed to put it on ice in order to try to um, preserve the uh, the ear for there to be any chance for my friend's ear to be reattached. It didn't happen. But no. Yeah, that's what it is. So, so I'm on the road. Now, I'm going to a lot of different cities. I've already been to Philly and Scranton and Worcester, Massachusetts. And um, these are all in March. On March 4th, I'm going to be in Indianapolis. March 5th, in the daytime, I'm going to be in Chicago. So people can come to the show and still catch the WWE pay-per-view that night. Mm-hmm. And then the next weekend, I'll be in Greensboro on March 12th. Then I head over to Pittsburgh on March 18th. And then Baltimore on March 25th. And then I wind up the month, March 31st and April 1st, down at WrestleCon for wow. uh, WrestleMania weekend. So it's going to be a, you know, an ex- I'm going to meet thousands of people, and it's going to yeah. be exciting. Absolutely. I think it's a great concept because you're talking about just those, just those, uh, those footage, you know, the, it was, it was so taboo for a long time not to bring your camera in. Uh, but it's so funny because sometimes the camera shots and, and, and those, and those, those, uh, those film, I mean, it, it, it catches indelible memories that are some of the most notable and memorize moments in pro wrestling history, just like you said, with the Munich Germany, with the curtain call, uh, you know, especially the curtain call, you know, both, both the Munich Germany, the Foley year incident, and the curtain call are, are two of my uh, most uh, memorable, uh, you know, kind of beyond the wall, uh, breaking the fourth wall moments. Uh, is, is there any other uh, moments that you can let the listeners know as far as the footage is concerned? Yeah, there's another part of the show from when I was with the NWA in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And we actually go backstage at a Great American Bash show. 
and um, there are footage from um, guys relaxing in the back, um, just clowning around. We had a lot of fun at my show, and you know that's part of what you know why it is fun because mm-hmm. we take a look at things that you know people are just not used to seeing. Yeah. So uh, it's a great opportunity. Yeah. Any uh, really really interesting stories we can think of uh, real quick as far as uh, taking just the footage beyond camera. Who was the funniest guy in NWA? The funniest guy was probably Jim Cornette. <laughs> Art Anderson was pretty funny, too. He was. Funny in different ways, you know? Yep. But, you know, they both have great personalities, and, and they're just they're so intelligent that they're so fast. Yeah. They're just so fast on their feet with the things that they say. Yeah, very witty. Yes, yeah, very witty people. I think, I think Art Anderson is very underrated when it comes to uh, promo work. Um, and, and just overall, I mean, a lot of people say he's one of the best ever. Very uncrowned world champion. Uh, and yeah, he, any, any funny stories that you remember specifically of Arn? Any jokes that he said without, you know, Pete, with, with keeping the PG? Well, um, not a funny story. But, uh, and I, I'm not going to tell the story on the air, but another one of my greatest hits was the night in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. the Sid Arn fight in the hotel. Ah, yeah. And my room was right across the hall from Arn's room, so the fight took place outside of my room. Wow. People come and they'll, they'll learn what happened and how I found out about it. and Actually, what, what led up, what caused the fight, mm-hmm. and then the aftermath when I walked out in the hallway. Wow. So, uh, yeah, not funny. Um, Arn is... Uh, he can do a promo like, you know, he, he, if he even if he's never expected to do a promo, and you just tell him, okay, Art, now do a promo. Yep. I mean, he can, he, he just revs it up. It's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But his mind works so fast. You know, and, yeah. Uh, very impressive. Absolutely. I totally agree. Awesome. So, so basically, you're, you're, you have been the proverbial fly on the wall for five decades, is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I guess. When people read my Body Slams book, the other thing that they see is that I always kept one foot in wrestling, another foot out of wrestling. I was also a teacher. Mm-hmm. So um, I have a, like a very different perspective um, of, of how the business has, has evolved and the players that are in it. Um, I'm not afraid or shy to talk about people who I think um, – have mistreated others. Um, you know, I talk about that at, at, at our show also. So, um, yeah, and, and I don't talk about or I don't write about anything that I have not witnessed firsthand. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I'm not, I'm not carrying tales. Um, everybody, there's nobody who's all good. There's nobody who's all bad. You know, we all have like, different sides to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like to keep that and put that into perspective, too. Because Body Slams is not a, a dumb book. I don't dump on people. Mm-hmm. I just relay experiences of how people have treated me over the last 40 years. Yeah. And maybe give a little insight as to why I think they are the way they are. Fair enough. Sounds good. My last question to you, Gary, is uh, I see a lot of uh, pictures of you uh, throughout your illustrious career as an announcer. Uh, three uh, legends pop up to me the most that you affiliate yourself with and you have affiliated yourself with, and that is Ric Flair. Uh, that's Bruno San Martino and Andre the Giant. Any uh, any closing thoughts on just uh, your career perspectives on those three legends? You know, it's funny that you bring those three names up because 
when you come to the Body Beyond Body Slam show, I have tour merchandise. Mm-hmm. You can buy um, a T-shirt, for instance, or you can buy. I have two different tour eight by ten photos with myself, and in one I'm with Flair, and with the other I'm in with Bruno and Andre. Mm-hmm. So it's funny that you bring those three names up. Um, Bruno San Martino is the reason that I became a wrestling fan. When I was a kid, I was afraid. I was 11 years old. He would look at me through the television, and he'd say, you come to the show, I need you. I, if you're not there, and I don't have your support, I could lose the belt. And I believed that. Mm-hmm. Um, he drew me in, and um, as the years went on, I came to know him, and he's such a genuine man. I mean, he was even, it's, it's amazing when you meet your childhood hero, and he becomes even greater than you thought he was. Um, Andre uh, always liked to tease me. He, uh, he had a great disposition, especially when you consider how difficult it was for him to travel. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he was always traveling. There was never a hotel bed that fit him. He always had to hunch down to shower. He was always gawked at in airports. There was never an airplane seat that fit. He would always have to buy two. Um, and yet, through all of that, a really um, genuine and fun-loving guy. Mm-hmm. And Ric Flair, um, constant, consummate professional. Um, he always had my back. He, he helped me a little bit uh, towards the end of my contract uh, negotiations. Um, but I, I watched him. Remember, I was on the road with WCW 18 to 20 nights a month. Mm-hmm. And so I was with Flair and introduced his main event matches, his title defenses, night after night after night. And he was so consistent. He was, his, his work was always um, superior. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't matter what he had done the next, like the night before. It didn't matter. It just did, nothing mattered. <laughs> he was, when he left that locker room and he, had, he put his robe on, he went down to the ring 100% of Ric Flair mm-hmm. each and every night. Wow. That's, that's, that's not easy to do. Yeah, very true. Very true. Awesome, Gary. Let's listen to one more time. Uh, your hectic schedule leading to WrestleMania. Okay. I will um, – Saturday, I'm in Indianapolis. That's Saturday, March 4th. Sunday the 5th, I'm in Chicago for a matinee, and uh, which I'll get everybody home in time to see Fastlane. And then the next weekend, Sunday, um, March 12th, I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. The next Saturday, I'm in Pittsburgh. That's March 18th, March 25th, Saturday afternoon. I'm in Baltimore. And if people want to know more about the shows, uh, if you're interested in picking up tickets, um, tickets are on sale at eventbrite.com. And more information at my Facebook page, which is uh, facebook.com slash my initials C, the number four, real, GMC for real. Perfect. Gary, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, remember when you go to WrestleCon or any other, any other of these events that you let the listeners know, you let the audience know, that I was reminded on February 28, 2017, by Chris Featherstone of the Pancakes of Power Slams. So, yeah. so this is my fifth decade in the professional wrestling business. You know, I, I, I've only known you for ten minutes. I used to like you. <laughs> and then you came to reality and realized how long you've been in the business. But people dream to be in your position, 
and to be in the business for that long and still go at it strong, man, that, that really goes to show uh, that it's really indicative and representative of your character, and I value that in you, Gary. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, I look forward to meeting a lot of people along the way. Awesome. If you're in any of those cities or nearby, come on out and say hello. Perfect. Have a good night, Gary. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Episode 257, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the interview of uh, the legendary, the danger, the mo- world's most dangerous announcer, Gary Michael Capetta. Uh, yeah, I remember I was a kid watching Gary Michael Capetta uh, as the announcer. He made announcing really, really cool. And like I said, I've interviewed uh, Dave Penzer. I've interviewed Mark Lawrence, two of my other favorite announcers uh, on the show before. And, uh, yeah, the trifecta of announcers have all been on the Pancakes and Power Slam show, and I'm really, really excited that uh, uh, all the listeners are celebrating five years, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this April, uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, big, big stuff coming up. Coming up. But without further, ado, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we have a big, big co-host on the show that I'm in, interested in also interviewing, uh, diving into her world in a bit. Ladies and gentlemen, in almost five years of the Pancakes and Power Slam show, we've had, I don't know, 80 or so interviews from WWE, uh, NXT, TNA, ROH, and uh, you name it, Lucha Underground, NWA. And I've had so many different co-hosts from Forbes, from Bleacher Report, from uh, PW Torch, from Wrestling Inc., from WrestleZone, whatever the the big-named website, you, you name it, they've been on the show. But I have never had a female co-host. I've had like probably three or four females I've interviewed, but I've never had a female co-host. So I'm really, really excited about tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, she comes to the ring with a pig face, a very charming person, but she's so heelish and she's so villainous, ladies and gentlemen. I'm really excited to have the GFW, Global Force, Global Force Wrestling Women's Champion, Christina Von Erie on the show. How are you tonight, ma'am? I'm great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me on the show. This is awesome. I feel like the, the bar set really high since I'll be your first female co-host ever. So I'm really looking yes. forward to this. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it as well. It's great to have you on the show and it's great to, you know, for you to avail yourself to be the first female co-host. I'm really, really excited. I'm excited that you're excited too. Totally. Awesome. So Christina, so you, what, what made you endeavor into professional wrestling? I love asking this question because it's like pro wrestling is such uh, a very, <laughs> a very odd community in, in many sorts. I've been a wrestling fan all of my life and uh, you know, I've been uh, just uh, endeavoring into journalism. Uh, I think about eight or nine years now and, the professional wrestling community, as you know, because you've been in the business for over a decade now, what made you mm-hmm. want to become a wrestler? I know it's an odd community. Was it a particular wrestler uh, that you looked at, or was it just like, hey, that just seems that that just seems cool, and let's do it? Well, my my story is way different than most. Uh, most uh, professional wrestlers out there. A lot of people grow up watching wrestling since they were little kids. They've loved it. They could say that they've been wanting to be professional wrestlers 
since they were, you know, running around in diapers. Um, for me, I, I always thought that I would be a musician. I always wanted to be like a rock star, you know? So, um, I spent a lot of my, my youth going to local punk rock shows in Sacramento. And, um, it turns out that local music is kind of like indie wrestling, independent wrestling, all these things kind of tie together. Um, it's all on the underground. Um, so I was introduced to a company called Supreme Pro Wrestling in Sacramento, California. While I was out at a punk rock show, um, a band called The Secretions invited me to a show. Uh, the drummer just so happened to be a professional wrestler. And um, I fell in love with it there. And uh, that's, that's how I got into it. I got into wrestling through, um, through the independent circuit. Oh, wow. That is absolutely amazing. So you're... Uh... California, you were born in California, but you don't live in California anymore, right? Um, right. Um, yes, I was born in California, and um, that's where I began my training, and I've lived in many different places. Right now, I'm mm-hmm. currently residing at a, the Mac Mansion in Vancouver, and um, I'm here up at ECCW doing training and um, nice. hanging out with my friend Scotty Mac, and we're just we're killing it up here. So, yep, nice, I'm, nice. I'm in Canada now. <laughs> Canada. You went rogue yep. on us Americans. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So, uh, you're California. You, you being from California, that, that got you an opportunity to compete for PWG, right? Um, yes. I um, I was very fortunate to be able to to, to wrestle for PWG, especially, um, because the, the years that I was there, I was still pretty, pretty young in the business. So mm-hmm. it was really awesome to, to be able to, um, to, to work there. Yeah. Yeah. So w- what is your biggest memory from uh, PWG? I know you had some, some Joey Ryan incidents and Joey Ryan is, uh, is <laughs> one of the most zaniest characters in the past few years. Uh, but yeah, you, you worked with him and, and a lot of other uh, names as well. Candice LeRae is another name you worked with. What are, what are some, uh, some memories from PWG? Yes. Um, it was, it was really great to work there. I'm really proud of the matches that I had with Joey Ryan. Um, Candice LeRae is an amazing female athlete. She and I had some of the best, you know, female matches in SoCal at PWG. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I completely, I completely, um, adore her and, uh, I love her, her work style. And, um, I, the fans, <laughs> the fans at the PWG venue, they're absolutely insane. It's like PWG is its own brand of wrestling, its own brand of fans and yeah. there's nothing like it anywhere else. Wow. Yeah, so awesome. where, did, where did that lead you, uh, the PWG experience? Uh, did you get uh, uh, other opportunities after that? Where did you go next? Um, after PWG, I actually went down to AAA in Mexico, and I, I got to work there. Um, that was Mexico City. Nice, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Nice. You've also worked with Dean Ambrose. How was that? Um, that was cool. That was for a uh, Dragon Gate USA, and I actually mm-hmm. took a pile driver from Tommy Dreamer in that match. The first oh, pile driver wow. I've ever, ever been given was from Tommy Dreamer. Can you believe that? <laughs> Pretty cool. That's I huge. think it's cool. 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. That reminds me of like when Rhino uh, Paul drove uh, was I think it was Bueller or Francine. I think it was either Bueller or Francine in ECW. That's uh, that he Paul drove. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of like that same ECW type of feel. Was it was it petrifying? Uh, you know, going through that whole the, all the motions of about to receive a pile driver from Tommy Dreamer. Of course, it was petrifying. How, like, how could it not be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he but he was safe with you, right? Um. Well, of course. I, I mean, whatever you consider safe, if you consider yeah, taking a pile driver safe, then sure. <laughs> yeah, right, but I don't right. consider taking a pile driver safe, so no, I wouldn't say he was very safe, damn it. Well, he didn't break your neck, right? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Good. Awesome. So, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. So Shimmer, and you went. You worked in Japan as well. Uh, what are some memories uh, from your from your Japanese stint? Oh man, um, yes. I went to I went to Japan. I worked for a company called Shimmer, and um, they're just jam packed with the best female athletes from around the world. Um, oh, yeah. I got to team with uh, Kyoko Kimura. Um, we were Team Monster, and um, we were just these bad. <laughs> I mean, I I was called the American Nightmare there. So we were we were just bad. We were bad girls. You know what I mean? So and not in not in a, a kinky way either. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I, I I really I really enjoyed my time there. I was able to train. I was able to see so much of Japan, and um, I had some some brutal matches. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, I remember you from your stint with Ink Inc. Uh, in, in, in TNA. How did you get that opportunity? Um, I I tried out. Mm-hmm. So um, you did know anybody, I did anybody give you that I'm big sorry? break? I mean, like like you tried out. Who gave you a call and who uh, kind of gave you that opportunity? Um. Well, you know it's it's all in, it's the entire company. It's never just one person that gives you a certain opportunity. So it's like, you know, Mm -hmm. I had to, I had to talk to people. I had to prove myself there. And, um, like every, everyone, every, everyone that was there at that time was super awesome. So, Mm -hmm. but, um, it's never just one person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting because, uh, just there's so many stories that I've, uh, I've, I've heard, um, you know, just with TNA I've interviewed, um, uh, Katie Lee, and he, and she also said that uh, she was saying that Tommy Dreamer really gave her uh, her big break to really um, from OVW. Uh, so that's uh, that's very interesting. That uh, you know it, it was one of those things that you tried out and you believed in yourself and gave you an opportunity. What are your what are your thoughts of TNA as far as just your stint with uh, with Ink Inc. Um. At that time, I wish that I'd been able to um, have more wrestling matches instead of being a manager at the time. Yeah. But um, I think I think when it was TNA Impact Wrestling, now I think they're mm-hmm. an amazing product. I think they're a great product. Um, right now, you know, they're under new management, so there's going to be lots of changes. And yeah. um, as far as the connection goes with with Global Force, I think uh, Jeff Jarrett is an amazing boss and. Um, I, I love working for Global Force, so I, I have nothing but good things to say about Impact. 
That's awesome. Yeah, so I was just about to ask you about Global Force. You are the uh, the women's champion there. Uh, that's well, congratulations. Yeah. One, it's been uh, what close to two years now, or, or it'll be two years later on this year, right? About a year and a half right now. October. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it'll be two years in October. Yes, wow. undefeated. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's something. That says something. You you uh, Dave, you defeated some heavy hitters too. Uh, current, you know, SmackDown star Mickey James. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Luke Gallows' wife Amber. Um, you know, there, you've uh, you've had some really really good, to, you know, uh, really nice opportunity in Global Force. So it's, it's absolutely awesome. So congratulations yes, on that. and uh, Lady Lady Tapa. Lady Tapa was in that match too. Um, she's she's also another amazing talent as well. Oh yeah, Lady Tapa. She uh, she was a really big name on TNA. She also uh, recently tried out for WWE as well, the Performance Center. So yeah, she's uh, she's got some big things coming up for her as well. Uh, what do you have in store for all the listeners out there? What, what can you let them know as far as uh, the, the the future of Christina Vonieri? Well, um, right now I'm doing a lot of focusing on um, ECCW. It's Elite Canadian Championship Wrestling. Um, my my boyfriend is the owner of the company, Scotty Mack, and we're running lots of shows. Uh, we have a show on March 4th, which is this weekend. Um, that's going to be in, uh, let's see, it's going to be at the RCC, the Russian Community Center. Um, we have another show on the 11th. Um, Lots of lots of shows coming up actually. Uh, VIPW that'll be on Vancouver Island on the thirty first. Um, another VIPW show on the first. ECCW on the eighth of April, and um, I'll be in California again, visiting and uh, <clears throat> checking out uh, QPW and AWS. And um, yes, oh, also um, there's a company that's just starting out in Chicago, Illinois right now. It's called Threat Level Wrestling, and um, their mm-hmm. first show ever will be on March 5th, and I will also be there. Wow. So you have a very big, busy schedule as well. Totally. I mean, there's more. There's Shimmer and July. There's also um, ECCW's biggest show of the year called Ballroom Brawl. It'll be at the Commodore Ballroom. Um, yeah. Sells out every time, so you're definitely going to want to check that one out. Wow. Well, that's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's Christina Von Erie. Um, she's very known for those listening who uh, do not know, which you shouldn't. You should know who she is, but uh, there's a little uh, snapshot of her, and she's she's uh, got so much more to go. And uh, like I said, current GFW Women's Champion, uh, Jeff Jarrett's um, Global Force Wrestling, doing some big things there, doing some big things in Canada as well. You ready to uh, start the show going on, Christina, as far as uh, what's going on in the WWE world? Yes, let's do it. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go with the headline. Speaking of women's wrestlers, Beth Phoenix, the newest uh, addition to the 2017 class uh, of Hall of Fame. Uh, she also shares a milestone with her husband, Ed, the first husband and wife couple to be inducted in the WWE Hall of Fame. Christina, what are your thoughts? 
I personally think it's amazing. I, I think Beth Phoenix totally deserves this. Also, you know, it's it, it says a lot for all of women's wrestling. You know, she's 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 molded uh, women's wrestling into what it is today. There's a new standard with her. She's not like all the other girls, you know, quote unquote. So I think it's amazing. I think it's great. And like you just said, the first um, couple to be inducted in the Hall of Fame and they're together, like that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's so funny, just as long as professional wrestling has been going on in the, in the Hall of Fame, this is the 24th year of the Hall of Fame. And in 24 years, there has been no husband and wife couple that has been uh, that have been uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame. I, I just find that fascinating that this is the first year and the couple, you know, being Edge and Beth Phoenix. I, I just find that very, very interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, she she has a very solid resume. Um, I think that, uh, you know, she was in the business for 11 years. She's only 36, so I think there possibly could have been more years in her. It's, it's kind of mm-hmm. like that unwritten rule, you know what I mean? Like if you are in the Hall of Fame, you really can't wrestle anymore. So at 36, you think she cut a uh, cut it uh, short a little early? Um, you know, everyone is different in the business. We, our bodies feel different. Everyone has their own agenda as far as life goes. So mm-hmm. maybe it was just the time for her. You know, she she's strong. She's She's beautiful and clearly, you know, she still has it. If she wanted to go out there and, you know, kill somebody, she could. Um, so, <laughs> I think, um, you know, if her choice was to, uh, you know, to stop wrestling at this point, I would support it. I think she's mm. proved her point. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I think that she is heavily athletic. I think that she was a really, really good hand. I just wish the WWE sometime, I, I wish the WWE would have pushed her a little stronger at times. Um, because mm-hmm. to me, it just seems like there was never a really – Maybe one or two, but not many like really breakout moments. She didn't really stand above the rest. Not nothing because of her doing. She was fantastic, but I think mm-hmm. that uh, she was underutilized a few times uh, throughout her career in the WWE. You know, there's you could say that probably about uh, about a lot of people, and um, I I could agree with you. Um, but I think you know the acknowledgement of her going into the Hall of Fame now. I think that. Mm-hmm. You know, that should make up for a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think uh, I'm, I'm glad because, like you said, because of the fact that I believe she was underutilized. The fact that they did put her in the WWE does really goes. It goes to show just how much she meant to the company. I mean, while you know, there were times where you know she wasn't booked the best, she was still a really, really solid hand in uh, you know WWE. Found it fit that she Absolutely. was in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, there's there's women that that aren't in the Hall of Fame that you know that are stable. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. So for best, this is huge, and um, I'm I support it. I'm really happy about it, and I think it, it says a lot for for women. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It's really great for women's wrestling. Yep, absolutely. I agree with you. What do you think? Uh, who, who do you think? should be in next year if you just had one if, if it was your choice if you had one uh, one opportunity they said christina your pick who do you want in the hall of fame for a female next year who would it be i think china deserves to be in the hall of fame 
I agree. China, I certainly China. I, I'm, I'm all about China being in the Hall of Fame. I think she definitely deserves that. That's what. That's my pick. I picked China. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I, I think China is there too. I like Sable as well. I think she was really um, pivotal uh, during the Attitude Era. I think her and Sunny, um, and Sunny's in the Hall of Fame now. But her and Sunny, I think or two of the most pivotal people in the 90s. Uh, Alundra Blaze mm-hmm. in the early 90s, and she's in the Hall of Fame, too. Uh, Sunny in the late 90s, uh, because I think she really brought some casual fans to the product uh, that really helped the WWE mm-hmm. as far as just their notoriety at that time. So I think so it would be a good addition, too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So... The Hardy Boys and Drew Galloway gone from TNA, and uh, you know the Hardys are you know two of the most charismatic, infectious, funny, exciting names in, in all of, of professional wrestling, especially with uh, with Matt Hardy. Uh, well, both you know Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy, and uh, you know it it, it would. I would be ridiculous if I didn't play the soundbite during talking about That's one of my favorite soundbites to play. Um, I think if Matt Hardy is people that fun. don't even know, people don't know like what that's from, and they'll walk around yelling "delete." They think yes. They think it's hilarious. <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that just goes to show to me uh, just how his character and just really the broken hearty type of thing too, because Jeff has a very you know crucial part to it as well with his obsolete. Uh, you know, and I think that um, you know it's it's a it's a big loss. It's a very tough loss uh, for for the WWE. I interviewed Drew Galloway uh, a few a few weeks ago, and uh, he really really wanted to stay with TNA. He, he was saying that he was still in, in contract negotiations and that he still wanted to uh, be a part of TNA because they really gave him a great opportunity. But these three names, unfortunately, are are, are gone, and and they're certainly huge blows to the uh, to the company. Oh, absolutely. Um, the Hardys, the whole the whole story that they've created is just yep. ridiculously amazing. Um, it's 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 just utterly insane. You know, um, it's it's like a reality show. Yeah. <laughs> so I, <laughs> it, it definitely attracted a whole new audience to 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 impact, and um, it. I completely agree with you. It is going to be. A major loss. Um, I uh, I I don't know why you know they would be be let let go or if they were leaving, but um, it's yeah. I I wish the Hardys would stay at Impact. <laughs> That's for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I think if they go to the WWE, you know, I think they the, their creative control will be far less. Um, and so we won't get, I mean, cause just, it's just a total package, you know, it's, it's King Maxwell, it's, you know, Rebby, yeah. you know, playing the piano, you know, it's the, it's the delete and obsolete chance. I mean, it's the total, it's Vanguard one, 
you know, it's Senior Benjamin. It's the whole deal. You know what I mean? The the entire package has to go somewhere. And I think, uh, you know, I, I you know, I certainly think that the Hardys will be fine. They'll, they'll be totally fine. They'll be well off because, you know, indie dates are and indie promotions are you know they're the hottest thing in the Indies. They're they're on their expedition totally. of gold. You know, what I mean, just going to Mexico and you know just just going everywhere in the world. Uh, you know, yeah. to, to get some some gold. Uh, you know, they were just in uh, in Maryland uh, for the MCW uh, Tag Team Championships. Uh, they got more dates to go. They they they're going against the Bucks of Youth. You know, for for ROH. So uh, they'll they'll be fine as far as uh, you know their careers are concerned. It's just I certainly think it's a bigger blow for TNA than it is the Hardys because uh, you know the Hardys would be more than fine. Um, I I, I think I think it's a a loss for the fans, you know. Yeah. Most of all, certainly. And, um, that's yeah. that's what matters the most. Um. I'm sure, you know, just like every business, I'm sure they have a, a very good business plan. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, like it's, it's the fans that, that lost out. <laughs> but yeah, if, uh, they have, they have the, the young bucks too. Like I think, I think them being an ROH is, you know, ROH is highly televised too. So I think, uh, you know, it'll be a smooth transition. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially especially going against the Young Bucks. They at uh, Supercard of Honor, I think April first, and that match is going to be. <laughs> you, you want to talk about exciting? Uh, you know, I'm I, I critical about the Young Bucks, uh, but this match is. Yeah, this match is going to be one for the ages. Tell us about this match. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it should be fun. It's, it's a super card of honor. It's uh, April first for Ring of Honor. Uh, it's the Hardy Boys against the the Young Bucks, or as Matt Hardy would say, the Bucks of Yeast. Um, yeah, it should be it should be really funny, uh, fun and funny. Uh, WrestleMania weekend. They've been um, they've been pushing this for a while. You know, Matt Hardy uh, showed up at the final battle in December. Uh, over the Tron and cut a promo about uh, the uh, the Young Bucks uh, and also the Briscoes. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they've been for the past three months or so, two or three, yeah, about three months. They've been really uh, heavily pushing this, and it's funny because you know TNA, you know they're WWE, TNA, and ROH are and understandably. Uh, they're they're really serious about their business, you know what I mean, and, and, and to make sure that uh, yeah, other people who are on their television aren't popping up in someone else's uh, you know major company. Uh, but you know the 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 Hardys have had that creative control. Yeah, totally. It's <clears throat> um, it's it's crazy right now that you mentioned that, but yeah, like people, um, they they don't want certain talents floating from company to company. So, um, but I don't know. I think um, I think everything's been pretty cool lately as far as um, people working different places and such. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. The the Hardys do have their creative control, and that's all good. Yeah, absolutely. Well, back in the day, I mean, you know. Uh, when you in the 80s, when you would 
uh, you know, there were a lot of territories back then in NWA, and people would flow from place to place all the time. You know, the 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 point of the National Wrestling Alliance was to have a it was a bunch of territories all together, um, and the the top names would you know, they would go from town to town and from you know city to city. Uh, but you know, territories are gone now, and people are really serious about you know keeping their talent for themselves. Uh, understandably so, but it should be really interesting. Have you uh, did you have you worked with the Hardys before or, or Drew Galloway? Um, I have worked with the Hardys. Um, I used to work for TNA um, years ago, as as you know. Um, so I got to work with them there, um, and I've worked with them across the indie circuit a whole bunch um on the on the east coast so um yeah i i think they're great i think they're cool and um yeah i've worked with them yeah. a few times nice uh are, are they are they uh pleasant people to be around yeah totally <laughs> well nice. anyone's going to be pleasant to you if you're pleasant to them right for the most part as far as it is in the, in the wrestling business <laughs> So. <laughs> yeah. we're, all, we're all professionals here so <laughs> Good. that's awesome good stuff uh yeah so uh the bob bob uh, bobby lashley uh wants an mma fight with uh brock lesnar he uh reported recently on a um an interview that he said you know he's getting up in age he's not getting any younger you know he said he's um uh, I think lastly he's 40 now. He's like 41 or something like that. Um, and so, you know, he, he's still in great shape and he wants to, you know, continue his uh, MMA career. He's actually pretty good. I think he's like 15 and two. Uh, and that's really good. So, you know, he, he mentioned a few names, but one of the, one of the, yeah, he'll be 41 uh, here mm-hmm. in uh, July. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he mentioned Brock Lesnar, like, you know, he said, uh, he mentioned his name as far as to his manager, as far as someone who he, you know, he wanted to fight, uh, Brock Lesnar did recently retire. He retired last year. Uh, of course he fought Mark Hunt and then, you know, did the whole, unfortunately he was, uh, violating, you know, some policies and ended up retiring. However, uh, it would, you know, people come out of retirement all the time. So, would you be interested in a Lastly versus Lesnar MMA fight? Well, okay. So, why do, why does Bobby Lashley want to fight Brock Lesnar? You know, like is he if Brock if Brock Lesnar is retired, why would he want to call Brock Lesnar out of retirement <laughs> to fight him? Like, what would it yeah. do for Brock Lesnar to beat? Bobby Lashley, but then what would it do for Bobby Bobby Lashley to beat Brock Lesnar? You know, so yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, I mean, you know, people want big paydays, and you know, Brock Lesnar is all about you know big paydays. Uh, I think that a less uh, a Lesnar versus Lashley match probably it probably won't make UFC most likely. It'll probably be a Bellator type thing. Uh, Bellator is you know is pretty. Pretty popular, I would say probably second or third. Uh, as but far do as you think that? Be, do you think that because um, you know they're both professional wrestlers? Yes, they're both you know noted in mixed martial arts as well. But <laughs> because they're both professional wrestlers going in there fighting each other in a mixed martial art fight, do you think that? Do you think that the 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 audience would? Um, would try to say that it that it were fixed 
you know, like, would um, they, do you think that they would make it more work? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that's a, I think that's a great point. Uh, I would say that it would bring a lot of box office because, you know, CM Punk did the same thing when he went against uh, um, Mickey Gall. You know, Mickey Gall is not known, you know, but people were looking forward to the CM Punk appearance. His first ever UMC, UFC fight, Mickey Gall was a relative, relative unknown, still in, still in his early 20s. You know, he wasn't an established, he's not an established UFC person by any stretch. But still, people were looking to see, because, you know, you're going to have, it's all about box office when it comes to Dana White or, you know, Bellator, anyone, anywhere. It's all about box mm-hmm. office. So, you know, it doesn't really matter how much experience you have. It's, it's how, how big is the gate going to be? And I think with right. Bellator... You know, especially Bellator, I think that would be something that would be very interesting because you would have Brock Lesnar that would come from UFC to Bellator. Um, you know, that's like someone like John Cena, you know, coming from WWE to TNA. You know, TNA is still recognizable, so is Bellator, but there's UFC and there's WWE. And if someone come from a, a, a bigger uh, company, MMA company, to uh, I, I still know, you know, a very notable company, but uh, on a lesser scale, I think that would be. Yeah. I think that Bellator would be awesome about that. I think people will watch too because you'll have the critics. You know what I mean? They'll, you'll have the people who are watched just because. Man, I bet you this is a work. I bet you this is fixed. I bet you that they're going to look lousy, but at the end of the day, they're still paying for it. So who cares what they think? Yes. Mm. It's it's the whole going down the platform though, like onto a smaller platform. Um, I kind of see that as like that's where I would would question it. You know, going from UFC going down and go, like it wouldn't be like sponsored by UFC, sponsored by you know WWE. They right. why would they step down a stage? They're already on the biggest stages in the world. Why would they take that step down just to fight each other? At that point, I would question, like, who is this benefiting? And yeah. I, I, would, I, I would predict that Brock Lesnar turns it down. Yeah. I think of the payday as huge. Um, there, he, he, there were, there, I think there would be a, a, a better chance for him to accept, you know, if – the payday is bigger, I'd say. But I think you, I think you make a really good point. I think it doesn't, it doesn't benefit Lesnar at all because he is, mm-hmm. you know, retired. You know, he came from the UFC and he's retired. So if he comes back, he would have to leave the UFC, which is a bigger scale company, and come out of retirement, yep. which, you know, he doesn't have a consistent MMA career anyways to really, you know, for that to be a big deal. Um, it would benefit La- it would benefit Bobby Lashley though because he's never had you know Bellator is the, the highest MMA platform that he's been to you know what I mean he he's never uh, he's never competed for the UFC he's he's mm-hmm. been consistently competing for Bellator uh, so you know it would benefit Lashley a lot but you, I mean you make a good point as far as just as, you know why is Lashley you know calling out Lesnar now since he's retired but. I think it would be a really, really good showdown, though. They both are just 
immensely jacked. Um, I would even say that Lesnar. I, I would even say that Lesnar probably would have perhaps a disadvantage because uh, Bobby Lashley is strong, but he's very nimble as well, and that's something that uh, Brock Lesnar isn't as nimble. I mean, he's kind of nimble, but uh, I would say that uh, Lashley definitely has some speed on him. All I know is anyone can get knocked out straight up. Very so. true. <laughs> yeah, very I don't. True. I don't know too much. I don't. I honestly like. I don't know too much about MMA. I don't know too much about the statistics of these guys as far as like their, you know, their careers go in MMA. But yeah, uh, I, I think I think there's always a chance that either side could win, no matter who is in the ring together. There's always a chance. You know how 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 great would it be for Bobby Lashley to knock out Brock Lesnar? But how oh. terribly dreadful would it be for Brock Lesnar to get knocked out? Or you know, it's just um, especially right now, you know, in professional wrestling, it's like you want you want the it's it's two different worlds. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's hard to tie those worlds together at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think you bring up some good points. I would be very interested to see just just the just the hype and the build up. It, it would be fun, but I definitely think it's wishful thinking, and uh, it probably won't happen. But <laughs> it's it's interesting that he called him out, though. The WWE Network I mean, celebrates would, three years. Like football. <laughs> I'm sorry, I thought it would be like fantasy football for us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Fantasy football. That's a very, really good point. Yeah, uh, pretty much fantasy MMA style. <laughs> so yeah, it would, it would be very interesting. You know, I mean, you can always play it on some game, you know, uh, some video game. But as far as coming to life, uh, you know, I think Goldberg is the only person that uh, was able to, you know, be a video game uh, character come to life uh, when it came to the WWE. It was a lot of people didn't think it was going to come back, but uh, you know, it was. It was really interesting. We'll talk about that too uh, here here in a bit. As far as just uh, Fastlane and Goldberg. Before that, uh, let's talk about the WWE Network celebrating three years. What are your overall thoughts of the network? Um, I think that the WWE Network is a wrestling fan's dream come true, and I think it's completely awesome. Um, I love the network. My boyfriend, Scotty Mack, has it on 24-7 on both TVs. <laughs> it's, it's always playing. There's always something to watch. Um, I, I love it. I, I love the WWE Network. And you, you, get, you get the past, the present, and, you know, not exactly the future, but, you know, there's, there's spoilers, <laughs> you know. So, um, well, essentially, like, in, a, in a way, you do get the future with uh, NXT and the, you know, the Cruiserweight division and the UK division. Totally. Good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite thing to watch? Um, right now, I've been watching a lot of 205 Live. And, you know, I just whenever I can catch SmackDown and Raw, um, yeah. I'm busy a lot. I'm doing lots of wrestling training at the ECCW Wrestling School and um, doing lots of wrestling shows around here in Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, I try to catch it. I try to catch it as much as I can. <laughs> but 205 Live has been awesome because I'm I'm seeing all these people who I've had the, the honor to work with um, before they were there, you know, like Rich Swan, Tony Neese. Kazawa, um, 
all those guys, like it's great to, to be able to watch them. Jack Gallagher, like to be able to watch all these guys that I, uh, that I knew that I've, you know, worked with come up and, and shine like that. I, I love it. I think it's rad. I I can't get enough of seeing my friends succeed. Mm -hmm. So which one have you worked with uh, the most out of the current roster of 205 Live? Well, see, um, I used to manage uh, Kira Tozawa, and um, that was at uh, Dragon Gate USA and Evolve, and um, I used to work with Rich Swan at CZW. Tony Neese was another guy at um, Dragon Gate USA and Evolve. So it's just, it's, it's a small world. It really is a small world. Apollo Crews, we were all in this faction called Mad Blanky. Hmm. Nice. That is you awesome. That, that really is. Mean? No, I do not. Please share. I have no idea what Mad Blanky means, but I would ask Tazawa and say, what does it mean? He goes, nothing. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> cool. <laughs> wow. So did he do his little ha, you know, uh, uh, while you were working with him? No. No, he didn't do it back then. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, didn't do it back when I was with him. It's catchy. Yeah, I think people are – Yeah, it, it makes them stand out. You know, I think it's important for just – especially in the Cruiserweight division with 205 Live, just for, you know, people to do something to stand out. I think Gallagher stands out like crazy. Uh, Rich, so Rich, uh, yeah, Rich Swan, he stands out too. Just, you know, a character – uh, and then, of course, his music is <laughs> very infectious. And, and Tozawa, you know, I think he stands out with the the, the whatever he does, the chant, <laughs> I guess, the, the, the sound that he does. I think he stands out, <laughs> too. Sound. So I think, yeah, the sound, whatever it is. Um, but, yeah, I think, they, you know, those are things that, you know, they should stand out, you know. And I think that that – because they're already – they're already at a bit of a deficit uh, to me. Um, just as far as I, I would say, a slight disadvantage because you know people are really investing more in the heavyweights, uh, and I think that uh, just being after SmackDown could be a, a bit of a detriment because people's already you know watched two hours of SmackDown. But you know, as long as you you will be you will be known and you will be uh, popular if you stand out. You know that's the reason why I think Gallagher is as you know popular as he is now. And Tozawa, he's absolutely incredible in the ring. Yeah, of course. All those guys put lots of time and work, and all of those guys were in Japan together. You know mm-hmm. they all worked really hard, and I it it, it, it was like an explosion of talent. You know, yeah. when when I saw everyone on 205 Live, I was just thrilled about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, as far as as far as 205 Live being on after SmackDown, you know, that's OK, you know, because um, everything's modern nowadays. If, you, if you're you know, if you want to take a break from wrestling, you can always hit pause on your TiVo <laughs> or DVR or whatever the heck you guys are on demand something or other like everything can be recorded and you can watch everything at your convenience anytime and get the network and you can watch anything you want at any time you want there you go yeah so, so there you go yeah, I I, think... it's the times that things come on that doesn't matter what's time anymore 
2017. <laughs> you could suspend time. time <laughs> you could pause it, yeah. Rewind it. You can play it again, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm critical toward 205 Live. To be to be perfectly honest with you, I, I just I'm critical because I think the timing is just bad. Honestly, I I, I wish that it was on. I, I wish that it was, and it has nothing to do with the the competitors because i watched uh you know cruiserweight classic i was an avid watcher of the cruiserweight classic and uh yeah. i was a huge fan of the cruiserweight classic but i think it was timed i think it was timed so good though i think it was it was well timed because it, it was right you know before uh or right around nxt it was like an nxt um NXT and uh, CWC were put together as far as just two straight hours on the WWE Network. I think if the Cruiserweight Classic had that type of spot and it was a full sale, it was a more intimate setting, um, the, the crowd is different, you know, in NXT and full sale than mm-hmm. it is, you know, from a Raw and SmackDown. I just think that the Cruiserweights deserve uh, to be showcased a bit better. Um, just kind of being thrown in there on Raw, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, but yeah, if it was mm-hmm. a division, you know, like the, if it was an actual division, like you know the UK division, and it was on, you know, even you know before NXT, like I said on my show before, I think instead of calling it 205 Live, they should call it 205 Prime and make it right before NXT, and I think it'll give an opportunity for them to showcase a little bit better. You know what? That's a really good point. I think that I think that um, if it were on before, that it would be a, a good thing as well. Because um, I, I see what you're saying about that. Because you know, you got you've got like the main event, and then you you start to watch the up and coming after. It should right. be the other way around. Yep, absolutely. So Kurt Angle, he's uh, of course in the hall of going to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's very interesting. Uh, very exciting Hall of Fame class this year. I'm really excited to see the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's also scheduled to return to WWE post WrestleMania 33. Um, so, I mean, it looks like he may fill that uh, general manager role that uh, Mick Foley seems like he's uh, going to uh, relinquish uh, here shortly. It looks like they're trying to build around Foley and, and, and Stephanie McMahon having some dissension. And Kurt Angle is scheduled to return back on WWE TV. I'd imagine not in a, in a wrestling role uh, because he'll be in the Hall of Fame. But it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see him back. I think it's going to be very interesting. I think that's totally cool. So I'm on the same page as you about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You think he'll uh, be that general manager? Ah, You know, it's hard to say. It's hard mm-hmm. to say. There's so many people right now, and they're they're doing such good jobs in the roles that that they're in. So it's it's hard to say what role he would be in. But I'm really excited that he's going to be back. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a legend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Raw and SmackDown review. Here we go.
Strikers. Daniel, what are your thoughts on Raw? Let's start off with Raw this week. Um, well, as far as Raw goes, I okay, and you're gonna, you're going to hate me for this, but I didn't get to catch Raw last night. <laughs> oh no, it's okay. Uh, totally fine. I so, totally I because I, I know and I told you I said I'm watching it now and I was going to, and I had a uh, had some business to attend to. So this is this is uh this one's all on you. We'll talk <laughs> no problem at all. Uh, no, 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 it's, it's totally fine. So you so you do know Goldberg and uh, Kevin Owens is scheduled for Fastlane, right? Of course, I know that. Yes, yes. So that's a good so that's a good way to uh, to kind of alley-oop you in uh, to the Raw discussion. So basically, uh, with, with Raw, um, you know, th- just more of a build-up. Goldberg showed up uh, on Raw uh, once again. And, you know, the I think the promo for this one was, uh, it was it was okay. You know, I'm a big, I'm a big Goldberg fan. I, I'm a huge Goldberg fan. I've made that very, very clear uh, throughout the, you know, five years of this show, just about. And but here's my thing. I, I'm a I'm a huge old school traditionalist fan. I think characters mean so much when it comes uh, to the sport of professional wrestling. And once you have such a mystique, such a aggressive, such a larger than life character like Bill Goldberg, I think the more you put him on the mic, the more you dilute his character. And you know, he once again was on the mic yesterday and just all the mannerisms. I'm used to just like some, you know, the animalistic, you know, uh, grunts that he would do and just the spears and the jackhammers. But if you if you put someone on the mic for too long, I think it just really dilutes their character. That's why I was never a fan of The Undertaker or Kane, you know, really having being on the mic so much because I think it just really dilutes you know who they are. I think I think if someone wants to be, I think of a large in life characters, which uh, just about, I mean, just what wrestlers should aim to be. You know, they should have strong characters for people to get invested in them before they step into the ring. Uh, and you know, I, I'm not a big fan of of that. And I, we saw that with Goldberg, and we've been seeing that with Goldberg. Uh, you know that that would not. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of that. Uh, speaking of your boy Akira Tozawa, a uh, good match against Noam Dar. Um, he's doing some work with uh, Brian Kendrick now, so it looks like they, you know, they'll be feuding. They have been feuding, and they'll be feuding probably um, for the near future. I'm not sure if Tozawa is going to be ascended to. Um, the, you know, uh, competing against Neville at WrestleMania, that would be very interesting. But if Austin Aries is clear, I think he'll be the guy. Uh, and, you know, I think just Raw overall was just uh, – it was decent. Uh, the Seth Rollins part was, was okay. You know, it was uh, – I don't think he was really emotionally – I don't think he emotionally uh, captivated the audience. Seth Rollins, I, I've been – critical of his just overall run. I was a big fan of his when he was Tyler Black in ROH, but just, you know, yeah. it's been a bit inconsistent, you know, as far as his overall run is concerned. I, I think his mic work uh, needs is in need of a, some improvement. Um, and just this segment was a bit off to me. Um, I wasn't a big fan of it. I think Triple H did a really good job as far as just his uh, heelish characters 
uh, characteristics. I think make sure, you know, if he wants, if the whole point is to put Seth Rollins over, uh, Triple H needs to be the strongest heel possible. I mean, the whole place needs to be sure to boo him so he can get enough heat to make, you know, Seth Rollins look good. So that's my take on, on, on that. But overall, I mean, the Roman Reigns and, and uh, the Samoa Joe and Cesaro match was really good. I'm glad that Cesaro wasn't destroyed because I think Cesaro is so good and, and just having, you know, Samoa Joe destroy him would not benefit him at all. So he was protected. Absolutely. Uh, I caught a little bit yeah. of that match myself, so I, I, I see what you're saying there. <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I completely agree. Cesaro, Cesaro and Smojo, totally, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm able to catch some of that one, luckily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think if they would have just had, you know, Cesaro be crushed, I, I, I think that they – Cesaro is so promising. I mean, he's he's amazing in the ring. He's just – He's a freak in the ring, man. I'm telling you, and I mean, as you know, I mean, you know how good he is in the ring, and and I, I think if they just squash him, I mean, they've done such, uh, uh, he, he's done so much over the past year or so to really get out of the gutter of just you know being a mid card guy. Uh, that if they just squashed him now, I think that would have hurt him a lot. But they protect him a lot. No, I think that was pretty good. Uh, the Roman Reigns and Braun, Braun Strowman's uh, contract signing—it was—it was compelling in a way. It was decent. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think that they're—I really like how they're building Strowman. I think that they are—I mean, he's the, as traditional as a heel as you possibly can get, and that's what I love about him. He's large in life. He's a heel. He gets a bunch of heat. People don't like him. He gets booed. And that's what a heel should be. I mean, if you're a heel and you get cheered, I mean, that's it doesn't make you a heel. So, I mean, I think right, bad guys should be not. bad guys. If you're a heel yeah, and you so, get cheered, yeah. you're not doing your job. Exactly. Absolutely. And the whole point of a heel should be I'm going to make these – it's a character. So my, my whole point, if I'm booked to be a heel, a bad guy, my point is to make people boo me. And I'm going to do whatever I can to draw heat, you know, for people to say, I don't like that guy. I'm, you know, I've watched wrestling for over 30 years, and I've interviewed legends on this show, Jake the Snake Roberts, you know, superstar Bill Dundee, you name it. Uh, and I would, I love getting the road stories of when the legends that I interviewed on the show would say that people just hated them so much that they would, I mean, I think, I remember Jake Roberts saying that, you know, he would have people waiting for him. He got shot at. I mean, I don't want it to get that, you know, extreme, but he was so immersed in his character as a bad guy. You know, he was, you know, he was getting people yelling at him, people throwing stuff at him, people uh, jacking up his car. Like that is the type of heel that we should get, but we don't really, we don't really see that nowadays. We, we just see, a lot of times heels are getting cheered because they do baby face things so much. Well, also, you know, we're kind of desensitized to the whole villain concept, you know, Mm. kids, kids these days, um, (laughs) you know, we like the bad guys, you know, everyone loves the suicide squad. Everyone loves the bad guy. So it's really hard to, to, to go out there as a cool bad guy and get booed. You just have to, you know, 
you have to be a, you have to be filthy. You have to be yeah. a horrible, terrible human. You yes. know, just and that's what you know. Otherwise, otherwise you're you're getting confused. You're getting confused. You know, yeah. you're, you're healed uh, being a baby face, and you're, it means the booker's <laughs> booking it wrong. It's like, sorry, that person's too cool to be a heel. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you just, they, they need to be filthy, disgusting, vile humans. Mm-hmm. And you've played a, a, a heel a lot, you know, throughout your career. I mean, what's what's the trick? Uh, I mean, like you said, be a filthy, disgusting, vile human. But what I mean, like how how do you turn the people who are cheering for you to to boo you? What are, what are some tricks of the trade? Um, it's, I don't even know if you would call it tricks of the trade. It's just, you're, you're being very blatantly honest with yourself. The things that you normally would suppress in your mind, you're, you're being overly judgmental. You're being Mm -hmm. crude and, and, and rude to people, you know, it, it completely, it's, it, you're putting, you're putting that guy you know, that, that thinks it's so awesome that he's here. He came to see you. You're putting him down and putting him in his place. You know, females, males, it's all the same. It's, it's just, yeah. you know, you, you just have to, you have to be the, you know, you have to be the bad side of yourself. You have to be mm-hmm. the, the villain. All of us, all of us, uh, we all have that, that villain inside of us. So mm-hmm. it is like, you want, and plus like, it's just fun. Like I, yeah. I just totally turn my filter off and just go crazy. Hmm. What's what spawned the pig face? You know, I've um, I've I've been called the patron saint of filth for a while, and it's just because of my my attitude and the way that I fight in the ring, the way that I dress, the way that I you know the way that I look and carry myself. Um, I just thought the pig face was a a nice little mixture um, <laughs> between just like my whole style. Like I feel I feel like I can go out there and be ridiculously attractive and wear a pig face, and that's probably you know that's gonna make that's gonna make those people know that there's there's something a little you know something going through my head that they uh, they might want to take a few steps back. From uh-huh. it. It's kind of like a warning. It's kind of like a warning sign. You know, yeah. are you going to walk up to the girl with the pig face? No. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that, see, that's that's villain. That's heel. That's, you know, that's the, that's the type of mind frame that you need to have when you're, you know, when you're a bad guy or a bad girl. Good stuff. You know, I, I, I right. kind of think about the, I, I think about the, I'm looking at the fans and it could be like they're looking into a mirror. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it right there. Yeah, that's that would make a really really mean and nasty heelish promo. I, I love it. That's good <laughs> stuff. Yes, yes, absolutely. All right, uh, did you catch SmackDown? I absolutely did catch SmackDown tonight. Yes. <laughs> and your thoughts? Um. I thought I thought SmackDown was really interesting tonight. The whole the whole deal with the Wyatt family and mm-hmm. um Harper versus Styles was a great match. What did you think of that match? I, I think that was 
one of the most interesting matches of the show tonight. Well, I always think Harper. I mean, AJ Styles is just a cut above the rest as far as his in-ring work. But I, I think I think Luke Harper is insanely underrated. I think he's phenomenal. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, he's he's awesome. I think he should be pushed. I if it was up to me, honestly, I would have did the whole wide family thing. I, I would have had Harper win and 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 do a wide family, you know, for the title. I think, you know, what do you have to lose? I mean, what else is Harper going to do? Is he, you know, last I think last year he was like in a uh, was he he was in the in the battle royal, but I, for some reason I'm thinking he was went against Kane in the. Uh, Pre-show, that might have been SummerSlam or something like that, but it, it was just an odd spot. And just you know, Luke Harper, he's he's so good, you know. And, and I think that he's just underutilized. I think you know, I think he, I, I like the fact that they're kind of making him a baby face and uh, breaking out of the shell of the Wyatt family. Um, I'm hoping that they'll do more with him, you know, in 2017. I, I would, he's been an Intercontinental Champion. I'd be totally fine if he was, you know, if, if they pushed him to the moon as a babyface. He, he does the yeah, yeah, yeah chance, and people, people, uh, they, they cling to it and they like it. So I, I'm all, I'm all for Harper getting the push if, if they decide to do that. Oh, I agree with you. I think Harper's awesome. He's he's agile, it's, it's, and he's a, yeah. a really big guy too. So uh, the things that he can do, also he's really he's really good at um at speaking. So um, I mm-hmm. honestly I thought it would have been kind of cool if uh, if he would have won the match tonight against Styles. I thought it would have been kind of cool, you know, to yep. it, it would have been like you know brother against brother. Yep, I agree totally. So what are your t- – you talked about Randy Orton. I think that was interesting. It was compelling a bit, but, you know, it just something about Randy Orton versus Bray Wyatt didn't really click to me. I think that – I mean, they did it last year, and the matches they did didn't really didn't really gel. I mean, I, I just – there's something that just really doesn't click to me. But something that kind of did click to me was the, the, the promo in the beginning about uh, the, the Miz and John Cena. What, what are your thoughts on that? That – Seemed like there was uh that was kind of like a work shoot type of deal. It, it didn't seem like uh it didn't seem like that was kind of uh you know hitting below the belt sometimes. You know, I um <laughs> I I have a hard time differentiating between did they really mean that? Like was that <laughs> was that was that a shoot? Like it, it's hard to tell what what you know what's real and what's not as far as these things that they're saying to each other on television now. Like I um it, it's definitely power couple versus power couple. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the whole thing that they're going for there. Um Yeah. Yeah. So it it's it's good. I think it's interesting. It's going to be a good match. I think um, it, it's it's different though. I'm um, I can be into it. I think. Are you into it? Um, uh, it's 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 not it's it's not very compelling to me. I I think that they're setting this up because there's some there's been many many rumors and. You know, uh, my, my job as a journalist, so I have to dig and, and find the, the the scoops. But you know, it's, it's been well reported that uh, that Nikki Bella is is you know she could be retiring, 
and also um, they want to set this up, you know, to to make some some mainstream attention with uh, John Cena uh, uh, proposing to, um, to to Nikki after the match. I mean, that's those are those are the talks as far as what could be happening. Um, this is mm-hmm. a media match. I mean, this is a total media match, really. Uh, and John Cena and, and Miz, we saw that at WrestleMania 27, you know, six years ago. Um, but, you know, it, it was decent then. Uh, but uh, John Cena versus the Miz, I think that it was a decent start, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, think it was, I think it was a decent start. I think that this promo, I think that it was, it, it really got some people interested. Uh, and, I, and I'm one of them, you know. I think it it, it won me over a bit uh, because there's some re- realness to it that I can appreciate. That you know, there there's passion. I'm all about you know people just being passionate about their you know the business when it comes to professional wrestling. When it comes to anything, period. But specifically professional wrestling. Uh, so I think it brought a decent element in the feud. Uh, Maurice haven't Maurice hasn't wrestled in, in quite some time, so I'm not really interested in seeing her wrestle. But I guess you know that, that's a real life couple against real life couple. So you know, there you go. You know what I wish would have happened? What's I that? wish that Nikki Bella would have ran out and just when when they ran out of the ring and went into the crowd, I wish Nikki would have chased after Maurice and just started like pounding just jumped on her and ambushed her and they had, they had like this giant cat fight. I think that would have been perfect. Nice. Great. I think Nikki should have attacked her. That would have been real. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. That, that yeah. That would have had some depth. Yeah. That would have some depth to it. That's, that's a very good point. That's, I think she should uh, have dragged really her back in the ring by her hair, kicked her in the head a couple <laughs> times. Yes. That's, uh, you know, <laughs> pull you know, just pull out her extensions and just say, you know, hey, this is what I mean by messing with my man, you know. Something like that. You I, mess I with your with hair. You. Right. You mess with my man, I'm gonna mess with your hair. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's a that's a good point. Exactly. I think you bring a good point. All right, we got a few minutes left, ladies and gentlemen, let's get to the flavor of the week. It is now time for the flavor of the Christina, do you have your uh, top five female wrestlers? I sure do. What do you got? Do I go first? Go, go, Am I first? Yeah, go from, go from five to two, and then I'll give you a big drum roll for one. Okay. That means I have to put these in, in a particular order, right? Or can they yes. be in random order? Oh, uh, all right. Do, yeah, do top five. Well, from five to two. All right, from five. Okay, I'll say Luna Vachon, number five. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bull Nakano, number four. Mm, nice. Lita, number three. Okay. Trish Stratus, number two. All Drum right, roll and the number one. Knight. Ah, you had a yeah. you uh, fought her, yeah, yeah, very um, interesting. I have to say, I have to, I have to put her up there. I've learned the most from her as a, a female wrestler, and 
I feel like out of out of everyone that I've watched and everyone that I've worked with over the years that she she's my number one because I've learned the most from her. I think she's amazing and there's so many things that she's doing for uh for professional wrestling in general and mm-hmm. for the up and coming girls and the up and coming guys all around the United States, all around Europe. So yep, that's why she's my number one pick. Yeah. Very interesting list there. Thank you for that. All right, my number five is Jacqueline. A uh, big fan of her, hers. Number four is Rockin' Robin uh, back in the 80s. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, number three is Mae Young. Uh, yeah. Num- yeah. Number two is Molly or Molly Holly or whatever you want to call her. Uh, I almost and, put her on my list. Yeah, she's phenomenal. And my number one. Lita, big Lita fan. Ooh, yeah. there you yeah. go. <laughs> yes, Lita's amazing. I, I love, oh, I love her. I love her. I love her. She's fantastic. Yes. And my band, I was in two bands, but one of them called Puke and Spit. Um, mm-hmm. We got to play with her band, which was called uh, the Lucha Gores. <clears throat> we played with mm-hmm. them in Sacramento, California. Oh wow! Awesome. Yeah, she's 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 awesome. All right, so we got a few minutes left, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get to uh, the predictions for uh, for Fast Lane. We got Sammy Zayn versus Samoa Joe. Who do you have? Oh, um, it, I would say I would say that it would be awesome if Sammy Zayn won, but I think it's going to be Samoa Joe. Oh yeah, definitely Joe for me. Sasha Banks and Nia Jax. Ooh, um, Sasha Banks. Yeah, I think Banks will take it too since Jax did uh, before. I guess we should go to the pre-show. Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa against uh, the Brian Kendrick and Noam Dar. Dang, that is going to be a cool one, right? I'm going to oh, go yeah. with my boys, Rich Swan and Akira Tozawa. I, I I agree as well. Brian Kendrick's my boy too, but but yeah. Yeah, I think the baby faces. Yep. Uh, Gallows and Anderson against Enzo and Kaz for the tag team championship. Enzo and Kaz. Really? Oh, okay. How you doing? I'm uh, going with that. I, I, I. That's who I want to win. I want them yeah. to have the titles. I want them to win. <laughs> I love Enzo and Kaz, but I don't think they'll they'll get it. I think Gallows and Anderson. They'll probably they'll probably they may be winning at WrestleMania, but I think. Uh, they won't win it this time. All right, real quick, uh, Bailey and Charlotte. Oh wow. Okay, so um, I actually came up in the business with Bailey, and I think she's amazing. However, is Charlotte Flair? Mm. You know what? Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go with Bailey. I'm gonna go with Bailey for this one. I think Bailey wins. Uh, uh, I think Bailey wins. Like by DQ or something, they won't break her unpin Charlotte's unpin streak here, but I think it'd be like a DQ, maybe interference to set up right. a four way. Yeah. Wait, All right, real quick, uh, Neville and Gallagher. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Neville and Gallagher. Hmm. Gallagher. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I think Neville takes it. Uh, Big match for WrestleMania. 
All right, Reigns and Strowman, who you have? Hmm. I'm going to go with Strowman. Hmm. I think Reigns would take it. Uh, and finally, Kevin Owens and Bill Goldberg for the Universal Championship. Oh, man. I don't, I don't. I don't think it's okay to even guess on this one. Like, I don't even know... <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna. I think they're gonna have. A, maybe they'll have like a double KO or something like. That. Yeah, interesting. Double. Maybe they'll get called. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> double KO. Okay. Goldberg, no, Goldberg's probably gonna win. But yeah, this one's hard. I don't know. Uh, I think Goldberg wins decisively. Under a minute. Yeah. Spear Jack Hammer one two three. Yeah. <laughs> All right, give the listeners uh, 20 seconds. Let them know uh, where to find you. You've been a fantastic co-host uh, all this time, and you were, you came through as the first female co-host and killed it. So thank you so much. Thank where can you. the listeners find you? Thank you so much. Um, you can find me on Facebook at uh, The Real CBE, uh, facebook.com slash The Real CBE on um Twitter and Instagram, it's CVEvil underscore 138. Um, for any details about ECCW or if anyone wants to come up for some wrestling training, um, we have a school up here in Vancouver. Just check out ECCW.com and you can find information about all of our shows, all of our training schedules, and all of the upcoming events. So, um, oh. yeah, check it out on that. Awesome. Thanks so much, Christina, for being on the show tonight. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. And once again, to Christina Von Erie, GFW Women's Champion. That is the show tonight. This is Chris Featherstone with Crave Wrestling. Follow us at Crave Wrestling on Twitter and Facebook, Crave Wrestling. 257 episodes in the books. Until next week, God bless. Enjoy your week of wrestling. We'll catch you next week. Bye-bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.